You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome once again, everybody. It's the Throwback League. This is the podcast where we simulate the outcome of World Series teams and World Series also rams head-to-head against each other. Teams between 1974 and 2006 to make this a purely nostalgia play. We've got a website where you can track the progress of the brackets. Yeah, the March Madness-style brackets. That is thethrowbackleague.com. Check us out on Twitter, too, at thethrowbacklg, short for league. We are at the end of the first round as of today. Holy cow. Yeah, 32 5 through 12 seeds will have played their games, and the 1 through 4 seeds are awaiting the winners. The very last first round matchup has the 79 Baltimore Orioles on the road to play the 81 LA Dodgers. Now, the 81 Dodgers were a World Series winner in a very strange season. Split season made necessary by the midseason players' strike. 79 Orioles maybe should have won a World Series. They were up three games to one, heading home with their top two starters lined up and ready. Be that as it may, they lost to the We Are Family Pirates. The Dodgers, led by 20-year-old Mexican superstar Fernando Valenzuela and, of course, colorful manager Tommy Lasorda. Our pregame analysis on those who bled that Dodger blue is from the legendary Hall of Fame voice of ESPN's Sunday Night Baseball. Here's John Miller. And the 1981 Dodgers, for me, that was a strike season. So I don't remember that season fondly. But if you're a Dodger fan, you do, because the Dodgers won it all that year. And uh, Fernando Valenzuela uh, burst upon the scene in a big way. It's impossible for me to think of Fernando without also thinking of Vin Scully, who the, the legendary voice of the Dodgers who chronicled uh, the, the, the goings-on of Fernando, who broke in right away as, uh, in, in his first start. He pitched a shutout, and it seemed like he was pitching shutouts before the strike almost routinely. Nobody could hit him, and Fernando had that great uh, signature delivery where he would kick his leg high in the air, and then his eyes would look up toward the heavens, and then he'd come back around and unload the pitch. So, uh, and he had the screwball, uh, or as Vinny called it, the Scroogey, and, uh, you know, throw your sombrero to the sky, and, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. So it was Fernando mania, and uh, that Dodger team finally uh, won it all after some frustration against the Yankees in 77 and 78. Thank you, John. We'll get back to the home team. Vin Scully's Dodgers brought to you by the good folks at, at Farmer John's. Uh, but first, let's sample a little Natty bow. Let's eat some crab cakes, hun. Let's talk about the visiting 79 Orioles and all their black and orange glory. And by the way, quick side note on our friend John Miller. When he was very unceremoniously and unfairly dismissed by the Orioles, owner Peter Angelo said, we really want somebody in our booth who bleeds black and orange. Well, joke was on Peter Angelos because uh, out he went to San Francisco, where at last check, the the Giants are also black and orange. Anyway, uh, John hadn't yet arrived in Baltimore to do Orioles games in 79. Chuck Thompson was the legendary Orioles radio voice, asking rhetorically, ain't the beer cold? When the games got close, saying, go to war, Miss Agnes, when something of note had just gone down. 
79 Orioles managed by Earl Weaver, the Earl of Baltimore. As the writer Tom Verducci said, the Mozart of managerial ejections, bringing such versatility, craft, and brilliance to getting tossed, he truly stands alone. The hat tossing, the dirt kicking, the finger pointing, the profanity, he had it all. And Weaver versus umpires became comic gold before too long, like Coyote versus Roadrunner, something like that. You know, Earl was, was the first to keep detailed records of hitter-pitcher matchups. When you think about it, he was kind of the godfather of the modern game. First one to say that the bunt and hit and run were wasteful acts. First to use uh, hitter-pitcher matchups to his advantage. Utility players, such a big deal on the 79 Orioles. And, and that was part of the secret sauce. I mean, without John Lowenstein or uh, Terry Crowley, Len Sakata, they probably don't win the AL East. 79 season was maybe a dividing line in Orioles history, too, because attendance was very poor before 79, very good after it, steadily rising into the 90s, all the way to the new ballpark at Camden Yards. Ownership changed hands in 79, the big sale from Jerry Hoffberger's baseball group to a local family-oriented operation on to Edward Bennett Williams, a powerhouse attorney from Washington, who had ideas about maybe moving the team to D.C. That, that, of course, never happened. But against the backdrop of some noise and tension, the club played very well. 102 wins, first AL East title since 1974. Talent was not as dominant as those teams from around 69 to, say, 71 or 72, but a great blend of heart and skills and great personalities. And it's hard to say what happened that summer, what caused Orioles games at Memorial Stadium to become more popular. Maybe the fact that the Colts were coming apart under Robert Ursay, that the team was threatening to move, and they eventually would do that. While Bill Hagee, the cab driver, would jump up on the home team dugout at those games, get the fans all worked up. Brooks Robinson had retired, of course, by then, but life went on. They, they pitched well, they made plays in the field, they hit in the clutch. Orioles magic, that was the, uh, the phenomenon, coming from behind to win games with Orioles magic. Pitching the heart of the club, uh, the Orioles had the American League's best ERA, 3.28. That was the best by a bunch. Mike Flanagan, who we'll hear from in this one, 23-9, won the Cy Young. Dennis Martinez, 18 complete games. They had Scotty McGregor, Steve Stone, Jim Palmer, who was hurt a lot that year. Don Stanhouse, Tippy Martinez, Tim Stoddard, Sammy Stewart in the bullpen. Incredible, but the Orioles basically used only 10 pitchers all year. They had Jeff Rainier, a lefty, pitching one inning. John Flynn, a young righty, pitched two. But other than that, 10 pitchers to get through an entire year. Not in 29, 79. And, and the last season that uh, we can look at, 2019 for baseball. No, the Red Sox and Giants played a game in September where one team used 13 pitchers. The other team used 12 in one game. The Orioles, again, essentially used 10 for an entire season. Stan House was the closer guy that was called Stan the Man Unusual. Full pack is what uh, Earl Weaver called him. Because of the full pack of cigarettes, Earl would nervously smoke to help get him through Stan House's appearance sometimes. But to start this game, you've got Mike Flanagan, the mustache lefty on the mound against not Valenzuela, but instead he'll draw a more veteran lefty, Jerry Royce. And this season got off to a very strong start for Fernando Valenzuela, of course. Jerry Royce was the guy that was supposed to make that start on opening day. With Royce on the mound, a quick look at the Baltimore starting lineup. Al Bumbry leads it off. He's in center. Doug DeSensei at third. Ken Singleton in right. Gary Renicki in left. Eddie Murray, the young first baseman. Kiko Garcia at short. Rich, uh, Rich Dower is the second baseman. Rick Dempsey is the catcher. 
and Mike Flanagan in the National League ballpark, of course, will be having to swing the stick. He is pitching and batting number nine. We mentioned not Fernando Mania in this one for the Dodgers. It will be Jerry Royce instead. But, uh, boy, I, I tell you, this pitching rotation that they had, really pretty remarkable. Everybody points to Valenzuela, 180 strikeouts. That was more than twice as many as any other Dodger. But Bob Welch was on this team. He was next with 88 strikeouts. Four-man rotation for Lasorda. Fernando, Welch, Bird, Hooten, and Royce, who was 10-4, and 2.3 ERA. Good Dodgers bench. Rick Monday, Reggie Smith was there for a while. Steve Yeager was the veteran catcher. Mike Sosha, the rookie, getting plenty of run. And sometimes you would have, a lot of times, you'd have the 22-year-old catcher in Sosha teamed with the 20-year-old ace of the staff in Fernando. You had Steve Howe, Dave Goltz in the bullpen, a young Dave Stewart, Terry Forster out there. Remember that 81 season divided into two halves because of the players' strike midseason. Dodgers won the Western Division of the National League in the first half. They actually finished fourth in the second half. But getting that first half done, they went to the playoffs. We'll get to that in a moment. Interesting run in October for L.A. They were down 2-0 in the best of five against Houston. Lost game one on an Allen Ashby walk-off homer. They lost game two, one nothing in 11. But they won all three back at Dodger Stadium. Royce over Nolan Ryan in the deciding game. 4 nothing shutout sealed by Steve Garvey's triple off reliever Frank LaCourt. NLCS, they were down 2-1, to one, and they broke open a tie game in Montreal in game four with two in the eighth, four in the ninth. Set up a winner-take-all at Olympic Stadium that will forever be known as Blue Monday. Up there, Rick Monday's solo homer off Steve Rogers in the top of the ninth, ending the Expos' dreams of their first-ever trip to the World Series, a place they never did yet. On to the Fall Classic, they were down 2-0 in that one to the Yankees, a team that had rolled them good in 77 and 78. Last World Series where a team won after losing the first two games on the road. And this was also the, the last meeting between teams from New York and L.A. for a major pro sports championship until the L.A. Kings and New York Rangers went at it in the Stanley Cup in 2014. New York had won game one, but Yankee third baseman Greg Nettles with a hairline fracture of his thumb in that game when he made a diving stop that caused him to miss game three, four, and five. All those games won by L.A. Ron Say, the other third baseman, Dodger third baseman, had a big three-run homer in game three off Dave Rigetti. Game four, Bob Welch got hammered early, but the Dodgers rallied. The game uh, was eight to seven L.A. at the end. Game five, Royce outdueling Ron Guidry, getting home runs from Yeager and Guerrero. And in the deciding game six, the Yankee bullpen collapsed. Dave Winfield was hearing it from the home crowd, too. He was 1 for 22 in that World Series. Weird three-way tie for World Series MVP. He had Ron Say, Pedro Guerrero, and Steve Yeager. And the Dodgers, who would start to change it up a bit in 82, losing some players as free agents. At least they had that first World Series in 16 years in 1981. Elsewhere in 81, MVPs, Raleigh Fingers, yeah, of the Brewers in the American League. Mike Schmidt won it in the National League. Uh, in the minors that year, that was the year of the 33-inning game between Pawtucket and Rochester. Wade Boggs and Cal Ripken were both in that game. Fernando Valenzuela, of course, was a story in Major League Baseball. Started out 5-0 with an ERA of 0.2 and was hitting 400 at that point at the end of April. Had a perfect game from Len Barker along the way in May. Cubs got sold in June to the Tribune Corporation. On and on and on we went through the strike. The uh, pop culture of 81, just to get you refreshed, I guess Raiders of the Lost Ark and Arthur were the popular movies. 
Rodney Dangerfield, and Cheech and Chong were the nation's top comedians. We learned of Ronald Reagan's love of jelly beans as he settled into the Oval Office. Two big ad campaigns were launched. The Army wanted you to be all that you can be. And GE said it would bring good things to life. MTV began that summer. Their first video, as nerds everywhere know, was Video Killed the Radio Star by the Buggles. Pat Benatar's You Better Run was the second one. Not everybody knows that. Donkey Kong and Frogger were popular video games. Blondie and Oreo Speedwagon played on the radio. Sandra Day O'Connor became the first female U.S. Supreme Court justice. We learned the word bulimia. And uh, Lady Diana unrelatedly became Princess Diana, marrying Prince Charles in jolly old England. So, now that you remember 1981, let's get you the Dodgers starting lineup for fifth-year manager Tommy Lasorda in 81. Ken Landro leads it off in center. Dusty Baker in left. Ron Say batting third, playing third. Pedro Guerrero's in right. Steve Garvey at first. Young Mike Sosha, the catcher. It'll be Bill Russell at short. Daryl Thomas, the second baseman in this one. Down here for Davey Lopes, hitting just 206. Steve Sachs would come up, but he's just 21 years old. Daryl Thomas will play second in this one. Jerry Royce is pitching and batting number nine. Mentioned Royce missed the opening day start he was supposed to get because of a pulled muscle. Valenzuela stepped in through a five-hit shutout, and while Valenzuela got a lot of love here in 81, all of it well-deserved, don't sleep on the season his more seasoned teammate had. Jerry Royce, the St. Louis native, drafted by his hometown Cardinals, having gone to college at UC Santa Barbara and Central Missouri. And like Fernando Valenzuela, he had debuted at 20, although without nearly as much fanfare. But how about seven innings of two-hit shutout ball in his Major League debut? No screwballs thrown by Royce, only three strikeouts, and he hit two batters, but a heck of a debut for St. Louis in 69. On from there to a 22-year career. Saw him make station stops in Houston, Pittsburgh, eight years here in L.A., and then uh, the Reds, the White Sox, the Brewers in his late 30s, early 40s. He finished as a Pirate at the age of 41 in 1990, meaning he pitched in four separate decades as a major leaguer. 220 career wins, an all-star twice in 1980, finishing second to Steve Carlton in the National League Cy Young voting, ahead of big Jim Bibby and the knuckleballer Joe Necro of the Astros. All right, we're ready. Al Bunbury in and waiting now for Baltimore. Looks briefly at the base coaches. Jim Fry at first, Cal Ripken at third. Cal's going to have to go by Cal Ripken Sr. in a couple years because Junior's on his way, playing this year at A-ball in Miami. Bumbry, AL Rookie of the Year six years ago. This year, 287 batter, seven home runs. Lefty against the lefty. The pitch in the dirt, it's 1-0. We're underway. Bumbry plays a terrific center field, as did the guy he basically replaced, Paul Blair. Blair dealt away from the Mets to the Orioles initially. Of course, in 69, those teams would meet in the World Series. And it's funny, in 69, Blair... 26 home runs, 76 runs batted in. The exact home run and run batted in totals that Tommy Agee put up for the Mets. Pitch is outside, 2-0. Checking the defense for you. Dusty Baker's in left. Ken Landro in center. It's Guerrero in right. Says at third. Russell at short. Thomas at second. Garvey at first. Sosha's the catcher. The 2-0 pitch poured in for a strike from Jerry Royce, 2-1. Orioles decked out in gray with orange. They've taken the word Baltimore off the front of the jerseys this year, made it Orioles instead. The Orioles 
have the orange script trimmed in black across the front. Says Orioles because it's a broader appeal, says new management, all the way down to Washington, D.C., for example. It's not just Baltimore's team, but everybody's team around that Baltimore-Washington area. Orange brim on the white cap with black on the sides. The cartoon Oriole logo on the front. Here's the pitch. Ground ball towards first base. Garvey's got it. And will wander right to the bag and touch up in plenty of time. One down. That'll bring up Doug DeSensei. He had a great 78, but a down year here in 79. 230 batting average as opposed to 286 the year before. 16 home runs instead of 28. Future California Angel, and at the very end of his career as St. Louis Cardinal for all of four games. Pitch to him was fouled at the plate, nothing in one. Now Jerry Royce for that career best ERA this year for the 81 Dodgers. We mentioned Royce originally a Cardinal. Spring of 72, though, Royce wanted a raise from 17 grand to 25 grand. And Cardinals GM Bing Devine, under owner Gussie Bush's directive, unwilling to make it more than 20,000 from 17. Royce didn't like it. He also grew a mustache that uh, the Cardinals didn't like. Pitches outside, it's one and one. Royce never did bend on the salary issues, so Gussie Bush told Bing Devine to get rid of him. Traded him to the Astros for CPO Spinks. Cepio Spinks might have been a pretty good player. Had a freak knee injury on the 4th of July of 72. Was out of baseball by 76. Here's the pitch. Rolled on the ground near short. Bill Russell a couple steps to his right. Loads and fires across the diamond. Two down. And Ken Singleton coming up now. Career year in 79. 35 home runs. 111 runs batted in. 295 batting average as well. Switch hitter batting right takes knee high for a strike. It's nothing in one. No score. Just getting going here at Dodger Stadium. Singleton grew up right across the street from Yankee Stadium. Eventually drafted at a Hofstra University by the Mets. Third overall pick in the 67 draft. And then by April of 72, part of the package traded to the Expos for Rusty Staub. Singleton taking low. It's one and one. Then there was a deal where it was Mike Therese and Singleton in exchange for Dave McNally and Rich Coggins in December of 74. Here's the pitch. Line drive right to short. Bill Russell's got it. And that'll close the inning. Singleton hit it well, but hit it right at Russell. No runs, no hits, no errors. Nobody left. So the 79 Orioles failed to score. Let's keep it in 79 and pause for this. Now, Cup of Noodles presents Miss JoJo Starbucks. Outstanding. Cup of Noodles, so good and easy. Just add hot water, wait three minutes, and you've got it made. Right in its own cup. Lots of tasty noodles, plus vegetables and seasoning in a rich, hearty broth. Delicious. But your good taste will tell you, it's much more than a soup. Well, as for something you can get into right now here in 2020, may we suggest to try out our good friends at Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, the best, most perfectly blended coffee on either coast of the great USA. A lot of locations around L.A. here. And since 1963, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf has been bringing you the finest coffees and teas from around the world with responsibly sourced ingredients and handcrafted coffees and teas. The Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, an experience like no other. 
Mike Flanagan's on the mound for the Orioles. No score. Former University of Massachusetts star played basketball there too when Dr. J, Julius Irving, was on the team. Incredible morsel of info to digest. Mike Flanagan has more Cy Young awards than Nolan Ryan. One nothing. 79 season. Yep, this was the year Mike Flanagan won that Cy Young award. And he would eventually create the Cy stages for the 1980 season for the Orioles. Flanagan, Cy Young. Jim Palmer, he said, was Cy Old. Steve Stone is Cy Present. He did win the Cy Young Award in 1980. Scott McGregor, uh, McGregor he called Cy Future. He called Storm Davis Cy Clone. And anybody who was released was called Cy Onara. Here is Ken Landro stepping in, wearing 44 on his back. Showing plenty of blue stirrup under those white uniform pants. He takes strike one right down the middle, nothing in one. It was right at the end of spring training here in 81. The Dodgers acquired Landro from the Twins for Mickey Hatcher in a minor leaguer. Next pitch from Flanagan is high, one and one. Orioles have Gary Renicki in left. It is Bumbry in center. Ken Singleton is in right field and is shaded towards the line against his left-hand batter. Round the horn third to first to Sensei, Kiko Garcia, Rich Dower, Eddie Murray, Rick Dempsey behind the plate. Pitch in the dirt, two and one. Beautiful Dodger Stadium on a postcard perfect night. 330 down the left field line, 385 to left center, 395 to center, 385 to right center, 330 to right. And from foul pole to the bullpens, the outfield fence, about four and a half feet. Not a lot of smog tonight, so you can see blue skies above and the San Gabriel Mountains out beyond those outfield walls. Here's a pitch that is in the left field and a base hit. Well, Ken Landro takes it the other way, put it right over Kiko Garcia. So you've got one on and Dusty Baker, powerful righty coming up, 320 hitter this season. He wears number 12, the former Atlanta Brave. Story goes at the end of the 75 season, he asked Braves GM Eddie Robinson to trade him to a California team. Just wanted to get west. Got into his Porsche, began the drive back to Sacramento. Taking here, it's outside 1-0. He had made it as far as New Mexico, and he saw on TV he had been traded to the Dodgers. Called his dad, was told they'd been trying to find him for two days to tell him about the deal. Baker would have his poorest season as a Dodger in 76, but starting in 77, it was all good. Two-time All-Star fan favorite here. Ron Say on deck, and then Steve Garvey. Landro the lead, now the pitch. Pulled foul towards the second deck left field side. And the fan here in 1981 has it, has the foul ball. A fan decked out on a pair of brown jeans and a white Dodger T-shirt. Dodger batting helmet on his head for some reason. Mike Flanagan with a new ball will go back to work. Years from now, he'll be the last Oriole pitcher at the ballpark on 33rd Street in Baltimore when it shutters. 1-1 is low, knocked down nicely by Dempsey. Two balls and a strike. All five Oriole starters this year with the RAs in the low to mid threes. Flanagan the highest strikeout total of the bunch, 190. Landro at first, Juan Say on deck. Now the pitch, high fly ball towards left field, not too deep. Gary Renicki pounds the glove, looking up, he's got it. And there's one man out. 
Now Ron Say, the Penguin. They call him that for the way he more waddles than runs. Solid big league third baseman with some pop. 288 hitter this year, 50 runs batted in for the shortened 81 season. And a strike carves up the outside corner from Flanagan, nothing in one. Say had the big World Series, seven for 20 in the Fall Classic, six runs batted in. The split season World Series of 81. Pitch flies outside this time, looked like the changeup, one and one. That split season thing, not a popular item. There were some weird things that happened. The Reds had the majors' best record, 66 and 42. They didn't make it because they didn't win the first or second half. Next delivery coming. It's outside. It's two and one. Earl Weaver in that Orioles dugout on the first base side. Here's 34-year-old pitching coach Ray Miller right next to him. Here's the kick. Here's the pitch. Ground ball towards short. Kiko Garcia's got it on the second hop to Dower for one on to Murray. Double play to end the inning. 6-4-3 double play. Nicely started by Kiko Garcia. And that will bring things to a close. Nothing doing for the Dodgers here. And at the end of one, there is no score. And here in 1981, we pause for this. It's Digital Daredevil. That's the way you say the name. Getting the motorcycle over obstacles is the way you play the game. If you want to be a player, you have to move the cycle just right. And if you don't play real careful, you'll see a flashing light. You can play at lower high speeds and even control the jump. And if you're really a good player, the cycle gets through without a bump. Batteries not included. Digital Daredevil, the digital motorcycle stunt game is made by Tommy. Well, Mike Flanagan just got that double play ball to end the first inning for Baltimore. No scores, we get to the second. His teammate Steve Stone with some very nice memories of Mike Flanagan. Catching up with Stoney, we thought we'd let him tell you all about that. Well, the fact that Mike Flanagan did it with a minimum of pitches. Uh, I remember that he didn't try to dazzle anybody, but he had pinpoint control. And I remember uh, one shutout against Kansas City. He shut them out with 79 pitches. Uh, these days, pitchers are not into the fifth inning yet at 79 pitches. So it shows you that he was economical and he was uh, – he was pretty much one of those guys that um, when you looked at this stuff, you said it was pretty good, but it didn't jump out at you. But the way he used it was so strong that he was able to win the 1979 Cy Young Award. And uh, it turned out that that pitching staff that was together in 79 and 80 and for parts of 81 had five Cy Young Awards with Jim Palmer getting the lion's share. He had three of them. So I just remember in 79, I remember um, – uh, Earl Weaver having a, uh, a knockdown drag out with me um, and telling me he was going to go to he was going to go to three starting pitchers in September, but we had pulled away uh, from the division by enough games where he never went to three starting pitchers. He went to five, and so I pitched in rotation the second part of the year and. 
course, Flanagan was dominating everybody, and uh, it's a, he was a well-deserved Cy Young Award. He was really the ace of that staff and did just a, a wonderful job. And uh, I guess the greatest recollection for me was the final two games of the World Series. We were up 3-1 to one against Pittsburgh. Uh, they didn't have a pitcher to pitch the fifth game. Uh, they brought Jim Rooker out of the bullpen. Then they made it a bullpen game, which now is very fashionable, but then really wasn't. And uh, they wound up coming back to Baltimore, and McGregor and Flanagan were both set to pitch. And lefties is who you want to pitch against uh, Pittsburgh, and unfortunately um, they beat them both, and uh, we wound up we wound up being up three to one, and then losing the World Series. Great stuff from Steve Stone, who would win the Cy Young Award the year after Mike Flanagan. We go to the second inning. We can tell you there was no scoring in the second or the third. We will move ahead to the fourth and tell you the Orioles got on the board when Kiko Garcia doubled home Eddie Murray, who had singled up the middle off Jerry Royce. So now we can take you all the way to the fifth inning. one nothing game. Al Bumbry leading off top of the order. A solid regular season for Bumbry in 79. Not a good World Series, though. Went 3-for-21. Eyeballs a strike on the inside edge. Nothing and won the count. The 79 World Series, it was the American League having the turn to play by National League rules, meaning no DH, period. And the Orioles pitchers would have to bat. That resulted in Tim Stoddard getting his first big league hit. That was in game four. But overall, that really hurt the Orioles because Lee May, their DH for much of the season, big part of their offense, is only able to bat three times the entire World Series. Pitches outside here. It's one and one. Willie Stargell was the World Series MVP, hit 400, seven extra base hits along the way. Pitches inside now, two balls and a strike. You talk about the Orioles and the Pirates, those same two teams that met in the 71 World Series. Plenty of turnover, though. Danny Murtaugh, no longer the manager, Chuck Tanner by 79. And for the Orioles, gone were the likes of Boog Powell, Brooks Robinson, Mark Belanger and Jim Palmer, the only two remaining players from their 71 roster here in 79. Pitch on the way to Bumbry. It's grounded towards Garvey at first base. He'll go to the bag. One man out. Bumbry is now grounded to first base twice in this game. Here comes the right-hand hitting Doug DeSensei. Jerry Royce on the mound for these 81 Dodgers. And in 81, Royce with a 2.3 ERA. Won a couple of postseason games, including one in the World Series. And he ladles in a strike. It's nothing and one to the sensei he was taking all the way. Next year, June 11 of 82, Jerry Royce will have the game where he records 27 straight outs with the only man getting on the leadoff batter. Double by the Reds' Eddie Milner. Took third on a sack bunt, and he scored on a fielder's choice. But... 27 in a row set down by Royce, who is outside here with the ball, one and one. One nothing Orioles in the top of the fifth. Royce had two more winning seasons with the Dodgers, and then injuries would begin to take their toll. Ended up retiring in 1990. Pitch coming, and flashed up the middle. That's a base hit. Doug DeSensei picked out one that he liked, put it right over the bag at second. And that brings up Ken Singleton, future TV broadcaster. 
Jerry Royce, TV broadcaster for a while after he retired. Now doing some work for the AAA Las Vegas Aviators. As for Singleton on the field, 1,065 career runs batted in. 111 of those here in 79. Three-time All-Star who bears a passing resemblance to the singer Harry Belafonte. And that's a compliment. Pitch is low, it's 1-0. And one of those Bill James historical baseball abstracts. James's wife picked Ken Singleton as one of the best-looking players of the 70s. And in a subsequent edition of the historical baseball abstract, James wrote that. And Ken Singleton, very, very classy guy, sent her a thank you card for having said that. Pitch to Singleton. Swung on. Deep drive. Left field. Dusty Baker going back. He's back at the warning track. And he makes the catch. Oh, Singleton giving it a ride. The Sensei scrambling back to first. First out of the inning. So check that second out of the inning. And here comes Gary Renicky, Whose brother Ron is on the bench across the way for the Dodgers. Young backup outfielder for the 81 Dodgers. Gary is part of... One of those Earl Weaver platoons. We've talked about how Earl loves mixing and matching with lefties and righties. Pitch to Renicky is low, 1-0. One on, again, two out. 1-0, one 79 Orioles on top. Renicky, L.A. native and, like Ken Singleton, a former Montreal Expo. Joe Kerrigan and Don Stanhouse in that trade from Montreal to Baltimore as well. The deal for pitcher Rudy May. One man on. Here's the pitch to Renicky. Swing high drive. This ball's got a shot deep in the left. Back to the track. Back at the wall. Baker turns. It is gone. Home run Gary Renicky. And that makes it 3 nothing. About 24 home runs in the regular season. And he can really crush left-hand pitching. Sure enough, Earl Weaver plays him. He homers. 3-0 Orioles, and it now brings up Eddie Murray. Steady Eddie Murray, just 23 years old. Switch hitting L.A. native. Pretty quiet with the media, but a, a real favorite in that Oriole clubhouse already. He takes his strike at the knees. Nothing in one. Eddie Murray will always put up MVP numbers in his 19-year career, but never actually win the thing. Easy choice for the Hall of Fame, though. Eventually, 504 home runs, eight-time All-Star, who will end his career in this, his hometown of L.A. His last two teams, the Angels and the Dodgers, in that order. And he takes outside here. It's one and one. Lock High School product in inner city L.A. Same school, same year as Ozzie Smith. How about that team that Locke ran out there? The third most famous alumnus of Locke High School that decade, and I am not making this up, Fred Berry. Rerun from what's happened. <laughs> Pitch sails outside, it's 2-1. and one. Not much was happening for Murray in the 79 World Series, we should mention. Four for 26. But 99 runs batted in in the regular season, just a couple years after he was AL Rookie of the Year. Pitch on the way to him. Swing, and it's fisted in a center. That'll drop. It's a base hit down in front of Ken Landro. So one on, two out, as the Dodger bullpen stirs for the first time. Looks like Dave Goltz will get up for Tommy Lasorda. And here's Kiko Garcia. 
With the blade, Mark Belanger hitting just 167 this year. The Orioles giving Garcia a nice long look. They've got a third baseman deep in the minors, the son of third base coach Cal Ripken, who some suggest could be their shortstop of the future, but I don't know, a 6'4 guy at shortstop? Don't know if that would ever work. Here's a strike right down the middle, nothing and one to Kiko Garcia. Mark Belanger, by the way, will end his career here in L.A., one year with the Dodgers in 82, after winning eight gold gloves as an Oriole. Royce has a sign he wants, kicks and fires, fastball strike, nothing in two. Garcia, like Murray and Renicki, who batted before him, a California native, wears number three on his back. Modest 10-year major league career that'll eventually take him to Houston and Philly. Pitch on the way to him, swing, foul tip, and it's held on to, nice job by the rookie catcher, Mike Sosa, to grab it for the third out. But the Orioles add to their lead. It is now three to nothing, and we can move ahead to further action once again. Love when we get to do that. Bottom of the eighth, this is when finally the Dodgers would start to get some work done. It took them that long, but Pedro Guerrero with a ground ball single in the center. Steve Garvey would follow with a single. Mike Sosa fly it out. Bill Russell a line out, but then Daryl Thomas with a single in the left to bring home a run. Steve Sachs would pinch it for Dave Stewart, who was on pitching at that point. And Steve Sachs would end up bumping home another run and make it a 3-2 game. Tippy Martinez into the game to pitch at that point, and he got Ken Landro to fly out to medium deep left center. So the Dodgers getting as close as they could, 3-2 at the end of eight. Orioles went down pretty quickly in the top of the ninth. Terry Forster pitched that inning. So now, to the bottom of the ninth inning in a 3-2 game, the Orioles of 79 on top. On the mound now for Baltimore, Don Stanhouse, a reliever with the wild curly hair jetting out from under that tricolored cap. This year, he's done good work. Next year, he'll end up with these Dodgers, pitching for them instead of against them. Eventually a comeback attempt in 82 back in Baltimore, but this year an all-star season, 79. This is only all-star season, 24 saves. Dusty Baker, the batter, he's 0 for 3 in this one. Takes a strike at the belt, nothing in one. And Stan House, because of that Harpo Marks hairstyle and some of his pregame BP antics, that primal scream that he'd unleash, that's why they call him Stan the Man Unusual. Third in the AL in 78 and 79 in saves. The Illinois native facing the Sacramento, California product, Dusty Baker, who fouls one down the left field line. It's nothing in two. Stan House, we mentioned, selected to the All-Star game in 79 up at the Kingdom in Seattle. Never did get in the game. Jim Kern and Mark Clear gave up the goods late in that one. A game started by Nolan Ryan against Steve Carlton. Jim Kern and Mark Clear gave up the goods in that one. The game ultimately won by the National League on a bases-loaded walk to Lee Mazzilli. Here's the 0-2 now. Called third strike on the inside corner. Dusty Baker, not a huge fan of that call. He'll stalk away from home plate, one out. And it brings up Ron Say. Six-time All-Star over a 17-year Major League career. Tacoma, Washington native. He'll end up with 316 career home runs. Never more than 30 in a single season, but usually a lock for 18 or 20. 
taking high from Stanhouse 1 and 0. 3 2, the 79 Orioles have that lead. Mike Flanagan went seven and two thirds, allowing six hits, walked one, struck out three. Pitch here from Stanhouse outside 2 0. Stanhouse now 28 years old, formerly of the Rangers and Expos. Not a bad hitter in the National League. 185 career batting average and a home run. Hit off Bill Bottom of the Cubs at Wrigley. Next pitch, way outside, 3 0, with Pedro Guerrero on deck. That's some tough right hand hitters stacked in this lineup for LA. Baker, Say, Guerrero, and Garvey. Steve Yeager available off the bench. Here's the pitch, and it's outside again, ball four. So the tying man is on. Winning man comes up, and it's Pedro Guerrero. From San Pedro de Macorís, Dominican Republic. The cradle of shortstop, but this guy plays the outfields and corner infield for L.A. Broke into the big leagues in late 78. First at bat against Randy Jones and the Padres. He pinch hit for former minor league roommate and future nemesis Rick Sutcliffe. Got a single for the first of his 1,618 big league hits. Pitch is inside, one and out. Guerrero big in the 81 World Series. His crowning performance was game six. Five runs batted in. That one-man show capping a 9-2 win gave the Dodgers their first World Series title since 1965. Pitch coming. It is inside again. It's 2-0. Boy, all of a sudden, Stanhouse making Earl Weaver pace around. He reaching for that cigarette. Tim Stoddard is up in the Baltimore bullpen. 2-0 to Guerrero. Five-time All-Star future St. Louis Cardinal. Career batting average of 300 right on the button once he hangs it up. 2-0 delivery. Fastball line drive. Base hit left field. Renicky plays it in. Ron Say stopping at second. So you've got two on just one out in a 3-2 ball game in the bottom of the ninth. Here's Steve Garvey. Tampa, Florida native, one-time first-round pick out of Michigan State, National League MVP in 74. And he takes high, it's ball one. Garvey will end up as a San Diego Padre. His uniform number retired there. It's funny, 14 years as a Dodger, no. Five years as a Padre, yes, in that regard. Pitches high from Stanhouse, 2-0. A lot of players wore six after Garvey. From Brent Maine to Kenny Lofton, Aaron Miles, Jerry Harrison Jr., Darwin Barney, Charlie Culberson, Curtis Granderson, Brian Dozier. Now the pitch. High fly ball and shallow. Into center field. Bunbury coming in, in, in some more. He's got it, two down. That's a big pitch from Stanhouse right there. A swing that Garvey would like to have back on a 2-0 count. Just kind of bloops it toward shallow center. So, tying man still at second. It's two on for Mike Sosha. Just 22 years old, but boy, he's playing a lot this year. He and Fernando Valenzuela have a nice rapport. The fact that Sosha speaks Spanish, a big factor there. Pitch on the way. It's low. It's 1-0. Sosha not a home run threat, although tell that to the Mets 
several years from now in a ninth inning of note. Three home runs in his first 600 Major League at-bats for Sosha. Only two of them here in 81. And he takes high, 2-0. and oh. First round pick in 76 with Sosha out of Penn State. That 76 draft was amazing for the Tigers. Alan Trammell, Dan Petrie, Jack Morris, Ozzie Smith as well, though he did not sign. Pitches outside, it's 3 and a. Just looking around at some of these Dodgers here, by the way. Their big draft was in 68. Bill Buckner, Tom Petorek, Doyle Alexander, Davey Lopes, Garvey, Say, Bobby Valentine, all in that draft. On 3-0, here it comes. It's high, it's ball four, and that's going to do it for Don Stanhouse. The bases are loaded in a 3-2 game, bottom of the ninth. Boy, life imitates art a little bit in the 79 World Series. Nine of the 14 batters Stanhouse faced reaching base. And he's going to leave the bases loaded here. Three out of five reached against him. Tim Stoddard's on his way in. Former basketball player at NC State. He was part of that powerful Baltimore pitching staff here in 79. We just mentioned Kenny Lofton. There's a tie-in. Because Stoddard and Lofton, the only two men to have played in both the World Series and a Final Four. And they both went to the same high school. Those guys, Tim Stoddard and Kenny Lofton. East Chicago's Washington High School. And not to basketball you to death, but Stoddard was a teammate of David Thompson on the college basketball court. Junior Bridgman on his high school basketball team. He's ready to go with Bill Russell heading to home plate. He could win it here. Bill Russell, 32 years old this season, not having a great season. Of course, it's funny that we're talking tall basketball players with Stoddard and in steps Bill Russell. Not the Celtics Hall of Famer, but yeah, the Dodgers shortstop this year, a 233 hitter without a home run. Russell was hit in the hand with a pitch in September of last year by Mike Lacoste of the Reds that shattered his right forefinger. And he's really never been the same player ever since. Stoddard brings it. There's a strike right down the middle. Nothing in one. Bases loaded. Two out. 3-2 Orioles. Stoddard here in 79. 58 innings pitched a 1.71 ERA. Next delivery. Swing and a miss. It's nothing in two. And Stoddard, he wants to go right away here, but Bill Russell's going to step out. Longtime Dodger trying to thrill the crowd here with the bases loaded, two men out. Stoddard's got the sign from Dempsey. He's ready. Now the pitch. Swing a little looping liner to short. It's caught by Kiko Garcia. Ball game. And a little foreshadowing, too. Same-looking ball. Cal Ripken Jr. will grab it short for the Orioles to end the World Series down the road against the Phillies on the road. Your final line score here. Three runs, 11 hits, no errors for the 7-9 Orioles. 2-7-0 for the 81 Dodgers, who have been eliminated. And we are done now with the first round of games. We have played all 16 of them. Next week, round two will begin. We'll have a seven-seed the 74 A's taking on the two seed, the 78 New York Yankees. But again, in this one, your final. Boy, the Orioles getting it done on the road. They win it over the 81 Dodgers, 
three to two. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to head on over to the website, thethrowbackleague.com. You can see the box score from this one. Download all the podcasts. If you haven't subscribed yet, we urge you to do so. Maybe leave us a nice little Uber review at the end as well. We like five stars uh, better than four, if that is indeed possible. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day.